We're gonna have Rob MacArthur come on up. Welcome him since we'll just keep clapping. Welcome up my friend Rob MacArthur. This is Scotland Rob, as we like to call him around here. He's a dear friend. He's a part of our Antioch movement. And uh, when we were orchestrating Kingdom Conference months ago, we tried to get Joe Ewan to come from Scotland. And he said no, because he had to do something else. And we were like, gosh, that would be awesome if Rob could come. And we were like, well, we can't just like pay for him to come just for the weekend. And so we were like, well, God will do whatever. And then like six weeks ago, I get a random text message from Rob. He's like, hey, I'm going to be in the States. Can I come through and meet with some people? And I was like, well, can you come to Kingdom Conference and preach? And he's like, yes. I was like, dude, it's the Lord. So honestly, I, I share that because God brought Rob here. And he's an evangelist, and I'm so glad Hannah just shared that story. Coming off of Kingdom Conference, God has been moving in us. It's got to flow out of us, like John talked to us about weeks ago. We're, we're believing not just to get filled in our empty jars, but to overflow. And so, Lord, I pray that you'd open us up right now to be filled to overflowing. We ask that you would anoint Rob with a message from you to catalyze all of us to the people in our lives who need healing, who need salvation. Lord, we want to be a part of your will, your way, in your power. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, get out your Bibles and notes and get ready to try to interpret an accent. <laughs> Good morning. morning. Praise God. Praise the Lord. Amen. Yeah. Well, listen, I don't say that I'm second best. I think that, you know, with Joe not being here, I think that the Lord had other plans, right? So I won't, I won't, be, <laughs> I won't be offended or upset or any of that side of things. So it's what a joy it is to be with you in the presence of Jesus this morning, didn't the worship team take us there? Wow, amazing. Well, I want to just start off by saying a, a huge thank you to Andrew and Heather for the invite to come and speak uh, here today. And it, listen, every time I stand uh, on a stage, wherever I go, I don't take it for granted. Every time I, 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 before I come up to speak, I have the fear of God in me because I want to hear him right for your sake. Because we don't want to just come to church and leave the same, do we? We want to leave changed. So if that's the case, then you believe that God speaks to his people. And I believe that I've got a word for you today. Um, and I hope you're ready to receive it. Are you ready? Yes. Okay. Well, let me just tell you real quickly. Um, well, let me tell you a story about Andrew first. Um, I was down in Houston. Uh, it's okay. It's covering. I'm not uncovering Andrew in any way. <laughs> I did that with the guys that came to Scotland, actually. So, um, <laughs> did they not tell you? Ah, okay. Um, so, I'm glad. I'm glad. That's why I got to come, actually. <laughs> Nothing died. Uh, I was in Houston uh, with Andrew and a group of pastors, and I got really sick whilst I was there. And uh, I just remember, I've never had this happen to me before, I just remember speaking to Andrew and one of the other elders for the, the church in Waco, and one minute I'm looking at them, speaking to them, and the next minute I just feel myself slipping down the wall and falling and collapsing. I was out. And then I woke up with him like, Rob, Rob, are you okay? So I actually say that Andrew helped save my life. Thankfully, I mean, his lips were coming to my lips for CPR. I'm really glad I woke up. I'm really glad I woke up. <laughs> I mean, two guys with beard, I just, no, I just, uh, <laughs> where's the people that came to Scotland? Where are they? Yeah, come on, come on. The, the hands that are down, don't worry, we've got one next year, you can come and be a part of that next year. Amen. Let me show you my family. Uh, this is my family here. There's a beautiful picture coming up. Oh, this is my, oh, yeah, do whatever you need to do. Great. You guys are in charge, not me. I've just got the microphone. This is my wife, Roxanne. We've been together over 20 years this year. Yeah, you wouldn't believe that. So she was 14 and I was 17 when we started dating. And we didn't know Jesus at that time. You know, we've gone through a whole lot together. I always tell people we've never had a crossed word. That's not true. Okay, you're like, is that true? Can you pray for me and my husband? No, you pray for me, uh, or pray for my wife, actually. She needs more grace for me than I do for her. She's amazing. Uh, anyway, we've been together for 20-something years uh, since 2000-and-something. Anyway, dates don't matter, really, but uh, I've got the ring, and I've got the date underneath the ring just in case I ever forget. 
Come on, guys, if you're not married yet, do it. It's a good idea. Um, anyway, here's my kids. Um, so this is Cobain over to my far uh, right there. He's our eldest. He's going to be 15 uh, in, a, in, a, well, in week, one week's time. Nate is in front of him, uh, and then Zarena's just in front of me with the mustard jumper on, and then Ezra Joy there, our youngest surprise. She's now five. And then our dog, uh, she was a surprise, uh, and then our dog Ada there, and that's our family of six. And we lead the church uh, in a town called Banff. Uh, that's B-A-N-F-F. Uh, David and Elaine know where that is, because there's also a Banff in Canada. Our one's better. Um, <laughs> So anyway, it, it's, uh, it, you know, well, oh, let me also show you another photo. I forgot that I had this one as well. You may know this face. Uh, this is um, Papa Joe with myself. We did, a, we did a, a regional conference with all the folks in Europe for the Antioch movement. And, well, we decided to um, have a little bit of fun. So we sung a song called Donald, Where's Your Trousers? So if you ever, if, you're, if you've not got anything to do after church, you're like, I'll just look that up on YouTube. It's quite funny. Anyway, so there's Papa Joe. Uh, praise the Lord. He's a great man of God, and he has spoken into so many lives. Uh, I just have the joy of living five minutes from his house, so I go and annoy him from time to time. <laughs> Most days, actually. Uh, David, said, David said yesterday, I can't believe that they've got me speaking after Jimmy. I mean, what, what an act to follow. I'm like, are you kidding me? <laughs> I've got Jimmy Cyber, a movement leader, and then I've got David, a, a well-known theologian, and then there's Rob MacArthur from Scotland. You know, it's like... <laughs> Perfect. Thank you so much. I'm really thankful for that. Well, hey, listen, can I just say really uh, quickly, and the guys that were um, uh, in Scotland with us, uh, I tell everyone this, and it's kind of my motto, it's going to be on my grave when I die, church should be enjoyed and not endured. And can I just say that I've really enjoyed being with you guys this weekend. You are an amazing group of people. Uh, I love your passion for Jesus. I love your desire to meet with him. Keep doing that. Because if you just keep doing that, God's going to move through you. In fact, I could close my Bible now and say, that's us done. Because if you keep worshiping him, keep him the center, then everything else will take care of itself. Amen? You're catching my accent now. We're all okay. Do I need to get my interpreter in? We don't. That's good. By the way, sorry, Josh, for calling you out. Josh starts speaking in tongues this weekend, which is incredible. So I'm, I'm really excited about that. He's gonna, he's gonna, he starts praying in tongues in the shower this morning, and I'm like, praise God. I love it. Listen, this is where it's at, folks. Shikarabasi kiendo. Yeah, come on. Oh, I'm excited this morning. I was standing down here yesterday. I'm like, I just want to explode with so much joy and excitement about what God is doing in this church and in the nations. I was in Waco two weeks ago. I was in Fort Worth after that. I was up in Norman, Oklahoma. Where did you go? She was there. Where's she gone, Lord? <laughs> She's like super spiritual. She's gone. <laughs> she gone. I think you're there. Hi. I was with those guys as well. Do you know what I love? Is in, in Wacom with 2,000 people, another 1,500 people with a church called Mercy Culture in, in Fort Worth. And it's just incredible to see these people worshiping Jesus. I've got a little church of about 120 people in our town. And it's amazing. They're amazing people. But to sit in a group of 2,000 people just with their eyes fixed in Jesus. Oh, there's nothing better than his presence. Lord, we acknowledge your presence. Right in this moment, we acknowledge your presence. We love you, Jesus. We love you so much. We bless you in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, I know some people really like a sermon title just for their notes. So if you want to write something down, it's three words, and impact people. I'm going to speak about being an impact people this morning and how we can do that. Just based on some stories that God has done things in my life. I'm going to tell you some stories that might embarrass myself. I'm okay with that. Um, and I'll share why I'm okay with that as well today. But if you want to turn with me to Luke chapter 15, I'm going to read from verses uh, 1 and 2 and then 11 and 24. Luke chapter 15, well-known scripture, verses 1 and 2 and then 11 to 24, and by the Lord's grace we'll get through this before the end of our time. 
Then all the tax collectors and the sinners drew near to him and to hear him. And the Pharisees and the scribes complained, saying, This man receives sinners and eats with them. This is why the church exists, isn't it? Anyone used to be a sinner, saved by grace, not sinners anymore. I'm telling you guys, God saved you from that mess. Amen. Amen. The Lord sees you as a saint in his eyes. Thank you, Lord. And then verse 11, it says, Then he said, so we're speaking about the parable of the lost son, the prodigal son. Then he said, A certain man had two sons, and the younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the portion of goods that fall to me. So the father divided them uh, his livelihood. Verse 13, and and he said, Not many days after... The younger son gathered all together, journeyed to a far country, and there wasted his possessions with the prodigal son. I was reading that this morning. I'm like, not many days after. I'm just wondering. There's a few days when he got the money to then when he went out and spent it. I wonder what he was thinking in that moment. We've all got a choice in moments in our life, and we have choices to do good with things, and we can then walk in a different path. Amen? And the Lord gives us that choice. But he spent it all. But when he had spent it all, there arose a a severe famine in the land, and he began to do, uh, sorry, he began to be in want. Then he went and journeyed himself to, uh, sorry, he went and joined himself to a citizen of that country, and he sent him into the fields uh, to feed the swine. And he would gladly have filled himself for his stomach with the pods that the swine ate. He would have gladly done it. Listen, this guy, this prodigal son was desperate. He was in a desperate situation. And we can read the words on this page and we can brush over it and think, gosh, Lord, what does that look like? Oh, wow, I was there. I was in that desperate place. I didn't even know that I needed Jesus. I just knew that I couldn't stay in the place that I was in. But when he came to himself, say, praise God. Three people got it. When he came to himself, say, praise God. Good. Oh, wow. Did you fall asleep on me? Goodness me. We haven't even started yet. How many of my father's hired servants have bread enough and to spare, and I perish with hunger? I will arise and go to my father, and I will say to him, Father, I have sinned against you in, in, in heaven. And I, I, I love this here because what the son is doing is he's actually starting to uh, think about what he's going to say to the father. How often do we sometimes do that? Like, what am I going to say to God? What am I going to say to him? You know, he doesn't know what I'm thinking right now, but I'm planning it out before I go and speak to him. I'll go into the holy place, and then I'll do that stuff when I'm in there, but I'll have my own thoughts before I go in there. And he starts to allow these thoughts to mull over, but he's speaking about repentance, and I love the fact that you guys do that Selah moment at the start of the service as we allow our heart posture to come before God and say, is there anything, is there anything in my heart that needs to be cleansed? And if you think nothing, then you just deal with pride because there's always something. That's Jimmy Seibert's words, not mine, just in case you're not happy with what I just said. And he arose and came to his father in verse 20. But when he was still a great way off, his father saw him. And the first thing the father thought was, wait till I get a hold of him. Wait till I see him. I'm going to put my hands around his neck and hug him really tight. The father says, compassion. And we see that so many times in Jesus' ministry. He had compassion on the lost. He had compassion on people. And he healed them. And if you're wanting any any encouragement today for evangelism or if you think what's the main thing, it's to have compassion on the lost. And if you don't have that and you're so busy with your lives because we all get that way, sometimes pray for uh, compassion. Amen. And then the son starts to say the same things. He's like coming to the father. And and amazingly, in verse 22, the father does this. He says, but the father said to servants, bring out our best robe and put it on him. I skipped verse 21 because the father didn't care about verse 21. He was just happy that the son was home. He was real happy that the son was home. 
The son starts to actually say to the, uh, the, the father and, and starts to repeat the things that he just rehearsed in the f- previous verses. And, and the son starts and the father says, whoa, whoa, stop. I don't need that. You're home. We have the sign there, welcome home. You're home. Safest place to be is home. Don't you love being at home with Jesus? Okay, well, praise the Lord. I think I'm going to stop there because if I say any more on that verses, I won't have any time left for the other bits that I want to get through. Can I ask you to stand with me for a second? Is that Would you mind doing that? Um, I'm going to put Psalm 96 verses 1 uh, to 3 on the screen here, and I want us to read it together. And really, I mean, I shared this with our... Um, I shared this with our guys that came to Scotland, and this is why we're doing Revive Scotland, okay? So you can pop on the screen, that's great. Uh, We're going to read it together. You ready? Okay, here we go. Go ahead, sing your new song to the Lord. Let everyone in every language sing him a new song. Don't stop. Keep on singing. Make his name famous. Tell everyone every day how wonderful he is. Give them the good news of our great Savior. Take the message of his glory and miracles to every nation. Tell everyone about the amazing things he has done. Sorry, I got caught up. You guys said, go and say miracles again. Miracles, all right. Awesome. I'm like, what are they saying? <laughs> it's miracles, all right. Praise God. So, hey, listen, can I just say also, when she shared that testimony, and we're not going to sit down quite yet, I know, I'm sorry. And, uh, when she shared that testimony, you might have seen me stand up and clap to Jesus because here's the deal is that Jesus heals, right? We expect him to heal, and I'm going to share stories, and I'm not, I'm not forcing you to do something, please don't hear me say that. But he heals for two reasons. Well, two reasons in my head anyway. Number one, because he loves you and he wants to see you free. But number two, he wants his glory back. You see, when you get healed of something, there's glory in there to share with other people testimony. And we need to celebrate that. But here's the thing. If we don't celebrate, God will find other people to heal that are going to celebrate that thing. Okay, so what does that look like? Well, she shared about someone who actually had their leg completely healed. And we're like, yeah, great. Fantastic. No, it's like Jesus is alive in us, moving through us, and he's actually healing people today. This is the only religion that has that. All the other gods are dead, but our God is alive. And he moves in us and works through us. And I'm just crazy enough to go and pray for someone and believe that they'll be healed. And so are you and you are the people that were with you in your life group. And God healed someone. That is incredible. Listen, we should never get past the miracles of God. Don't make them become like numb in your mouth. Like, oh, well, that's just a normal thing that happens. Yes, it's normal, but we should always glorify God. Amen? You can sit down now. I've rebuked you. Hey, your pastor keeps speaking about being rebuked. I'm like, okay, well, they like it here, so I'll just give it a bash and see what happens. And you're still, uh, one little kid's leaving, that's it. Everyone else is staying. Uh, listen, if we're going to be at impact people uh, for our nation or for Indianapolis or for Indiana or whatever the, the way you want to say it, we have to be different. We can't be the same as everyone else. Listen, if you're the same as everyone else and thinking things are going to be different, they won't. We have to be of a different spirit, as the scripture says. Men and women of a different spirit. Is that who you are? Look at the person next to you and say, are you a person of a different spirit? So, hey, I ask you to do one thing. Look at you guys, are we chatting now? I just like... I'm still here. <laughs> Gosh, you're like my own congregation. They just chat amongst themselves. I'm like, I'm still teaching. Just give me a second. I've got 20 minutes left. Just give me a break. Listen, we have to be people who impact the world. We have no other option. The Great Commission says it so. We're to go into all the world and make disciples. I mean, what other thing would you rather be doing in your life just now? I know what I'd rather be doing. 
So we've had this thing called Revive Scotland, and it's a three-year vision. It's been over 12 years that the Lord gave me this vision. And only one year ago did the Lord allow me to start actually putting um, the kind of nuts and bolts together to make it happen. Just one year ago. I'm holding this for 11 years, and I am the most impatient person you'll ever meet. Like, if I need something fixed in my house, I'm saying, can I get it done yesterday, not next week? I want it done and get finished with, right? 11 years I had to hold that vision for. So listen, if the Lord's giving you something, nurture it. Pray through it. Hold it tight. I said to Joe one time, I says, well, I'm holding it real loosely. And he says, don't you dare hold it loosely. I'm like, okay. And I don't know if you've ever had a Joe Ewan like that. but I mean, he gives you it straight down the line, I'm telling you. Um, don't you dare do it. He says, you hold that thing tight and don't let go. If the Lord's giving you something, hold tight and don't let go. What has the Lord given you that you should be holding tight to and not let go? What has the Lord said to you? What has he called you to in these days? Because I'll tell you stories about Revive Scotland, and I'm going to tell you stories because it honors God, it glorifies God, and it's amazing what God has done. But what's he saying to you? What's he doing in your life? What's he saying to you for Indianapolis or for the nation of America just now? Because the nation needs it. Your nation needs it. My nation needs it. There's a, a, man, a, a man of God called John Knox, and he said these words. He says, give me Scotland or I die. That wasn't a demand of God. He was just so sold out for Jesus and so sold out for the nation. He says, give me this nation or I die. And I'm so annoyed because I read that and I couldn't shake it off. And the Lord's imprinted it on my heart and he says, give me the nation or I die. Has the Lord put this nation on your heart? Because Jesus is after his people. He's desperate for his people. And he's calling each one of us to be after his people in these days. So my encouragement to you this morning, my first point is keep the fire burning. Keep the fire burning. You know, the, the word passion uh, 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 defines as this, a strong and barely controllable emotion. A strong and barely controllable emotion passion. Now, husbands and wives in the room, you may have felt that towards your spouse at some point. Hopefully still do. I do for my wife. I love her so much. 20 odd years together. I'm saying 20 odd. If she was here, I'll tell you exactly how many years it was, Elaine. Don't judge me. David, come on. <laughs> Help me out a little bit. Don't leave me up here on my own. But there's the, the, the Bible speaks about different types of love, and the eros love is that fiery, passionate love that we have to have for the lost in these days, a love that we were praying for them. And that's what the Lord has called us to have for our brothers and sisters that don't know Jesus yet. I've got family members that need Jesus. I'm desperate to see them come to the Lord. I had the privilege of leading my mum my to Jesus. And uh, we're sat around a, the middle table uh, in our church. We had like a, a bring your own food sort of deal so that the church didn't have to pay the money for it. Um, but I'm just being... <laughs> anyway, uh, so we're sat in there. Yeah, I'm just trying to be honest. Um, uh, we're sitting in the middle and uh, for about 30 minutes I'm sharing Jesus with her. And she says, I, I just feel something in my heart. And I'm like, that's Jesus doing something in your heart and the tears are flowing down her face. I'm like, this is my mom. She's about to give her life to Jesus. And uh, thankfully she did. <laughs> but when she said, I want to do it, we prayed the salvation prayer and I tell you something. I mean, the, the Bible says that the angels in heaven celebrate. I mean, I was given a good bash to say, if I was an angel in heaven, how would I do it? This is how I'm going to do it. I went with my hands on the table. I'm like, yes! Because my mom's going to heaven now. She was bound for hell and she's going to heaven. Would we have that same passion for people that we don't know? Because he's desperate for his people. We need to keep that passion or fashion, whatever you want to call it, in your life. That barely controllable emotion. I don't want to control my passion for Jesus. I want to let him loose in my life. I don't want to. Listen, I have tra I've tasted everything of the world. You name it. Drink, drugs, uh, kids in the room, other stuff. You know, all the other R-rated stuff, as you guys would say here. We call it 18 plus. Um, all that stuff, I've tried it. 
And I lived in that world for 25 years. And one day, two o'clock in the morning, I'm working at a distillery. This is fun to tell the story in Texas, in the religious kind of belt area. They're like, you were in a distillery making scotch whiskey? I says, yes. And my family were delighted because I was able to provide for them. Uh, I wasn't taking it home to my kids, you'll be glad to know, but uh, we don't do that in Scotland, you may think we do. Um, but at two o'clock in the morning, I get a text on my phone and someone says, you need to give your life to Jesus. They took a step of faith. They took a step of faith. And if it wasn't for them, I don't know where I would be now. But for the last 12 years, I'll tell you something. I'm like, I've missed out for 25 years. I'm going to catch back up on those 25 wasted years. And I'm going to do things for God. I don't care what anyone says. I don't care what anyone thinks about me. I'm going after Jesus with my whole heart. And I'm going to see a nation saved. Come on. I'm going to see it. We're going to see it. So we've got a passion for Jesus and his purposes on the earth. Is how we like to say it in the ENIAC movement. <laughs> I'll get you. I'll get you. So where do your prayers look like for this nation? What do they look like? What are you praying for these, this nation at the moment? What are you praying over your city just now? Lord, would you move in this city? And I hear the Lord saying, yes. Will you go and do it then? Lord, would you bring people to church? Yes, would you go and do it then? Lord, would you save the lost? Go and do it then. Amen? That's what he's calling us to. And I'm in such a small town, 4,000 people. And, you know, people used to say to uh, Joe, I mean, what good would come out of a small town? Have you ever heard that before? I'm sure I've read about that somewhere. 4,000 people. But people come and they say, the presence of Jesus is here. The power of God is here. I'll say the same to you. The presence of Jesus is here. Listen, a church six years old and where it is today is incredible. It's the acceleration and the favor of God on this church. And pretty awesome people as well. Keep stoking the fire. Amen? Now listen, I love drinking tea. Love it. I really enjoyed drinking tea, hate drinking coffee. Until the other day I got a mocha, uh, <laughs> as you like to call it here. I just call it a mocha. I don't know, I don't, but you guys go mocha. <laughs> you say, good. <laughs> and, um, but I really don't drink, like drinking coffee. I, I went to Waco. Whilst I'm in Waco, I go to this really cool place called Common Grounds. Have you ever been to Common Grounds? Been there before? Okay, we've got some cheerleaders for Common Grounds. And I got to know the, the guy that owns that place up in Norman, Oklahoma in 2011. And he says, if you're ever in Waco and you come by uh, the coffee shop, I'll give you a free coffee. I was like, what's that? Did you say free? I mean, listen, you tell a Scottish person they're going to get something for free. We are right there. You know, the Scottish people actually have really deep pockets and short arms, so I couldn't give anything into the orphan. I just couldn't get down to my, my man. David knows what I'm talking about. His dad's, with Lane's dad, they're both, both their dads are Scottish. They know what I'm talking about. But I went and I got a cup of coffee and I said to him, I says, well, listen, I don't drink coffee. Give me, the, give me whatever you've got. And he, and he says, well... Um, Probably we'll give you a Jamaican coffee. And I'm like, is that legal? <laughs> anyway, so I, I, I drink this Jamaican coffee. And I, I've never drunk coffee in my life. But what I started to feel in that moment was like... <sighs> and I'm sitting there in, in, the, in the middle of this coffee. And I'm like, I don't know what to do. I tell you, I could have gone... And, I am not a runner, but I could have ran blocks and blocks and blocks. <laughs> Why am I telling you that story? No, I have no reason to tell you that story. I just thought I'd tell you that. <laughs> the reason I'm telling you that story today is for this reason. If Jesus' passion is in you and you're like, I just need to tell people about Jesus. That's how I felt when I gave my life to him. I'm like, this, this feels like exciting and I just want to... Listen, if you lost your passion for Jesus, I don't know where each one is at. I don't even know if everyone in this room knows Jesus. He's worth it. He is worth it. And listen, he brings so much excitement to your life. The, my old life for 25 years was apparently really fun. It was boring. 
And people think, well, if I go to church enough to change my life and it's really boring and I don't want to do that. I'm like, no, this is the best decision you will ever make. So when you're sharing the gospel with someone and says, well, someone says, well, tell me why I should go to church. And you're like, oh, I don't really know. We should be ready in and out of season to tell people about what God, who he is and what he's doing in our midst. Have you got a miracle to tell? Has he put a miracle in your life? Can you share your testimony of what God has done in your life? You should be ready, amen? So I come here and I text Andrew and say, listen, the Lord's told me to come to America. I'm actually going to be going to New York. I had no idea why I was going to New York. Like, I still almost don't know. And then the Lord just says, come. And so I start pushing doors. And now, you know, I'm going to be there Monday, Tuesday. Please pray for me uh, um, on Wednesday. And uh, the Lord is opening doors. And I'm starting to get opportunities to preach in different places. And I'm like, Lord, you're incredible. Listen, I love walking with Jesus. Because if I would just obey what he's asking me to do, if we would just obey what he's asking us to do, we will be at the heart of of the next greatest revival. I think, about, uh, I think about David's story when he was chosen. And in that days, you might think, well, well, David was the right man, but there was pastors, there was leaders, there was all sorts of ministers, or call them whatever you, they were all there. But God went to David. Why David? What does the scripture say? He was a man after what? His own heart. So he goes to this little boy who's got a heart for Jesus just to worship God. And he picks him and not the leaders of the day. And I'm saying, Lord, I don't want to miss it. I don't want to miss what you're doing. If it's in a different church, I don't care. We'll take our people. We'll go there and we'll receive from it. And we'll believe you for what you want to do in this place. I don't care. I just want to be in your presence. I want to be at the heart of what you're doing. We need to be at the heart of it. Amen. Okay, so the next point is one down. Five to go. <laughs> Hearing God's voice. We need to hear God's voice. To be a people who impact others, we need to hear his voice and share his voice. It's really interesting that in the midst of where we're at just now, um, disunity is not one of the number one things that's going on in the world just now. I, I, we loved watching from afar about your former president and all that stuff that went on there. I was quick to check which colour of state this is, mostly. Um, so I'm just seeing what my audience is before I say something and you all judge me. So um, <laughs> I've done that before and really messed up, so I don't want to do that again. But listen, we can't get caught up in that division. Whether you're red or blue or purple or orange, I don't care. Your politics isn't the answer. Jesus is the answer. Well, we have people that are in politics that are doing a great job and making an impact. Pray for them. Because they're the people that are actually seeing things change in our society for the better. Amen? Don't get angry with Biden, President Biden who can't ride a push bike because he falls off. It's incredible. And I watched that. It was really sad, but a little bit funny. I'm just being honest, okay? You can laugh at uh, you can laugh at our prime ministers as well because we've had like 15 in the last two weeks. So, <laughs> we, I don't know. We've lost count. Actually, I don't know where we're at just now. I'm not even looking. We're, our newest prime minister is a Hindu, and I'm like, okay, but he's a good man. He's not there yet with Jesus, but he's a good man. He's a righteous man. I can tell you that much. It's more than we've had. But whether you're red or you're blue or you're Colts or your commanders, check it out. I know. I've been doing my studying. <laughs> It doesn't matter. We've got to be about Jesus. We've got to be about Jesus in these days. Amen. And we pray that Colts will win this afternoon as well. I mean, just, I'll, we'll just, we'll agree. I don't know if they're good. I don't know. I don't know if they're good. They're not good. I'm glad. I'm glad. I mean, we could point out people's faults all day, couldn't we? You could point out mine. I would point out yours, which your list is longer than mine. <laughs> the son comes home and he's affirmed by his father. The father never pointed out once what he'd done wrong. He's affirmed. When you go out in the streets and share the gospel, we are not saying, Turn or burn! 
There is biblical principle for that. But that's not what I do. It's not what we've been doing in Scotland. There was a, a story of uh, uh, some of our team were out one day and they were handing out leaflets to try and get people to come to an event. They're posting them through their door. And um, when they're pushing it through the door, the door was actually uh, open. It was a nice day, uh, which is... Um, these guys didn't see it when they were with us, unfortunately. It was pretty cold. But there's this dog comes running out towards them as they're trying to throw the leaflet into the door. So they run off because, obviously, this is a big dog and they don't want to get bit by the dog. Um, so they get to the gate, shut the gate, and just as they close the gate, this woman comes out and says, what are you doing? What, what do you want? Well, we've just put a leaflet in your door. and We've got an event coming up. Would you mind us telling you about it? She says, yes, come into the house. So they go into the house. And she said, um, through conversation, they start to share why they were doing, we were doing what we are doing. And uh, she says, oh, I, I grew up a Catholic. Um, I've got a Bible upstairs, and I, I can't open it. She'd been, so conv- uh, she'd been so condemned by the church. She had had uh, a baby in her tummy, and um, the baby had died, and the, the priest had gone along and told her that it was because she was in sin that the baby had died. They go in, they go up to her bedroom, and they open the Bible, and the scripture that instantly opens to is Jesus says, I didn't come to condemn the world. Ugh. And they go back downstairs, and she says, I actually can't keep going in life before you guys came I was just getting ready to commit suicide just getting ready to do it and she said this and she said and she said I prayed this prayer before you guys came she says Lord would you send someone to come and help me just as she said help me she heard the dog barking that was barking at our team who just arrived at the house oh I mean, doesn't that just undo you for Jesus? Like, I mean, I get so... (laughs) Jesus is after his people. He'll go to any level for his people. He loves them so much. He loves them so much. And... um, we, we were, uh, these guys came to a place called Thurzo, it's the furthest most north uh, in Scotland, uh, mainland Scotland, and uh, whilst they were with us we had a great week, but what they didn't realise is we'd actually planned to go to a different place. Did, is that red now? I'm really sorry. I'm sure, did you, good, like you're doing WhatsApp, you, you kind of fast forward the time so you don't have to listen to the whole message, like you fast forward it. We, we, were, we, were, we were meant to go to a place called Wick. We ended up having to go to a place called Thurzo because the guys in Wick, the very first time I'd shared about Revive Scotland, uh, and they, they, um, they said, we don't want you to come. We don't believe in your vision. We don't think it's from God. Don't come to us. Very first time I'd shared the vision. And I'm like, wow, great. I feel great. Thank you so much. been carrying this for 12 years. And so we moved to a different place to Thurso. These guys come. We have an amazing week. We see like 50-something people give their hearts to Jesus. It was incredible. Um, I'm really thankful for that. Um, on the Tuesday, whilst they were with us, I got so frustrated leading the ministry. You end up doing a lot of administration. I was getting annoyed. So I said, right, this day I'm going out. And one of our other guys, Stuart, that was another evangelist who was with me. You, you guys, some people really like Stuart. Um, <laughs> he's, got a, he's got a really nice head of hair now, actually. It's incredible. Um, <laughs> uh, but we went out to share the gospel, and I, I remember hearing Stuart starting to lead uh, this guy to the Lord. I was stood with the guy's girlfriend and another guy, and I could hear him leading this uh, guy to the Lord. I'm like, no, you don't. I'm gonna, if you're leading her, uh, him to the Lord, I'm leading these two to the Lord, and I'm going to one-up you on this, Okay. <laughs> I am leading these two to the Lord, whether they like it or not. They're not getting away from me until they come to Jesus. Well, they, this girl and the guy were high on drugs. Like, their eyes were all over the place. So I said, I want to pray for you. I prayed for them. And her eyes went like this. And she heard everything I had to say. She had uh, uh, cuts all down her arms. And they, but she had this little cross in her arm uh, and, her, and her wrist. And, and I said, tell me about that. And she, tell, she told me the story about, you know, her past and um, going to church for a little bit and needing, needing something of light and hope and thought that this would bring it. Um, but she'd been abused 
mentally, physically, sexually, she'd been, I mean, I'm like, oh. This girl's name is Alicia. She gave her heart to Jesus that day. It was incredible. Her and another friend and her boyfriend, all three of them in the town center on a beautiful day, actually it was that day, um, they all gave their lives to Jesus. Six days later, we're in now in our, our next location, and I get a text message. And the person said, read this text. And as I read this text message, um, I realize it's about Alicia. Alicia had been walking along the cliff face with her boyfriend, and she'd fallen off the cliff and died. Six days later. God had taken us to one location, diverted us to another location, our whole ministry, all that we were doing, all the way up to that location with all the uh, over 100 volunteers. And I said, Lord, just for one? He says, I'm after my people. I'm after my people. Six days. I wonder if I wasn't obedient where Alicia would be now. Listen, there are people literally dying and going to hell. And our responsibility as the people of God is to take the message of hope and love and joy out to the streets and say, there's a better way for your life. There's a better plan for your life. Amen. Okay, I'm going to share one more story and then I'm going to close. Is that okay? Your kids, Lord, bless the kids workers today, wherever they are. Is it that way? Which, Father, help us. We were in a town called Aberdeen. And uh, whilst we're in Aberdeen, um, this 94-year-old woman came in in her wheelchair, couldn't walk. And uh, this 91-year-old goes up to her pastor that I was working with, and he said, she says, I'm going to go and pray for this 94-year-old lady in a wheelchair. I'm like, she's 91, I wait to pray for a 94-year-old. Like, just go figure that whole thing out and so on. So she's walking out like this, going to wait to pray for her. i like, this is incredible. And this 94-year-old is in a wheelchair and uh, gets prayed for, and I kid you not, this lady lifts, takes her and pulls her up out of the wheelchair. Now, I wouldn't have believed that until this 94-year-old took me in a locked arm like this. You know, like you do in the, the um, square dance. Um, she, she took me like this, and, and, and she started to swing me around like this, 94 years old. And I'm like, what on earth is happening? Do you believe it? Are you like Thomas? It says, like, I, I need to put my finger in to see that Jesus really is who he says he is and he's real. He's really real. He's really real. Oh, guys, I've got so much good stories to tell you. I'm sorry. When I was in Waco two weeks ago, the Lord says to me, I want you to go and prophesy over a lady called Tracy Evans. She was one of the guest speakers at that alongside Francis Chan. And she, he says, I want you to go and say to uh, Tracy Evans uh, um, about a bathtub plug. Did you catch that bathtub plug? And I'm like, what on earth? Are you kidding me? No way. I'm not doing it. I'm just not doing it. That's like weird, random. So I go up to Tracy. I'm like, <laughs> uh, do you mind if I just pray for you? <laughs> I feel like the Lord just spoke about a bathtub plug and I just, and I went into this other thing, like, get that off the way. She burst out laughing as I mentioned this. She burst out laughing. And, she, and I prophesied over, you know, uh, over her. I, I know it's my time up. Who's just put that timer on? That is really rude. Come on. What kind of church is this? Oh, wow. Your time's really up. Thanks, Diego. Good. I've got it. <laughs> I'm always finished, I promise, I'm so sorry. Um, she says, what you don't know is that I, I, when I go to, guess, uh, go to speak as a guest at places, I stay in hotels, and when I stay in hotels, guess what, there's never any bathtub plug, so I always take my own bathtub plug. <laughs> I'm like, are you actually kidding me? That's hilarious. So anyway, I prophesied over, and she was just so encouraged, but I took a step of faith. My last point to you is give up your own way. Give up your own way. Give up your own way. Don't do what you want to do. Do what Jesus wants you to do. I could tell you story after story from the Lord taking me into the parliament uh, in Scotland to speak to the lawmakers of our country um, about Jesus. The lawmakers, I left school at 16 with zero qualifications. 
I didn't go to college, I didn't go to university, we couldn't afford to do that, so I just left school. Uh, I, I, I did a lot of other jobs. But the Lord took me into our parliament where they make laws for our country to tell them about the Lord Jesus. Isn't that incredible? I'm then invited to a castle to speak at this event. uh, and, And there's this guy called Sir Jack. He used to be the vice president of the European Union. I'm in his house. And he says, Rob, I've got a really sore back. I'm like, I wonder why he's telling me that. Why do people normally tell you that? They're not complaining. They're saying, pray for me. Next time you hear someone say that, that's what they're asking you to do. Pray for them. So I'm in my suit, really fancy suit. These guys saw me wearing it. And the Holy Spirit just came upon me. It was like the coffee moment. And I'm shaking. I'm like, oh no, it's happening again. I'm like, okay. And there's all these people, like really fancy people. The Queen's personal minister, very formal. The former Queen's personal minister. Now the King's personal minister. He's in the room. And the Lord says to me, get down on your knees, lay your hands on him and pray for him. I'm like, come on, please, no. And I get down on my knees. And Sir Jack looks at me. He's like, what on earth is going on? He's very, I don't know what the church is, conservative, very formal. And I said, Sir Jack, I'm just going to pray for you. Close my eyes. And I prayed for him. And guess what? He didn't get healed. And the Lord said to me in that moment, he says... I want to use you and your yes, but don't do it being expectant for the outcome. Do it because I've asked you to do it. Do it because I've asked you to do it. There's a, that same guy, sir, uh, um, John Knox says this. He says, give me Scotland or I die. And then he says this. He says, one man or one woman with God is always in the majority. You're in the majority. I'll tell you more stories at any other time. I'm actually staying here at the end, actually. They've given me more time once the rest of you leave. You can stay and hear more stories. But I'm speaking about Revive Scotland for next year. Or how about we just do a Revive America? And we see this nation come to Christ. What's your prayer like? Are you believing God in these days for that? Increase your faith. We have to give up our own way. We have to give up our own way. And the son comes into the father's arms and the father hugs him, kisses him, says, it's okay. This is what we're called to do, amen. The people of God, let's stand together. As we've been coming up to Kingdom Conference for the last several months and we've been praying, our, one of our main prayers has, has been that this would be a turning point for us individually and corporately, specifically in the area of, of evangelism for us as a church. So many of us are sharing and, and doing so many amazing things, but there's just been a hunger in our heart. And as I've talked to so many people for the last few months, it's in us as a people. And it's like, it's this, it's beyond like, Lord, we need a motivational, we need motivation. It's like, no, God, we have to have a touch from the Holy Spirit that changes us. Like we can't just get more excited. We have to get I don't even know how it works. And then it turned out Rob was coming, and it's been an amazing weekend. And I know that as he's sharing stories, it's like, no, forget the clock. Like, forget the time. We need to hear his stories. And I just feel the Lord saying, no, it's time for you to have your own stories. And for those of you who are feeling frustrated right now, and you're like, I've got to hear more stories. I really believe the Lord is using that on you to say, go get your own. Go get your own. It's time for you to go get your own. It's the invitation. And so I'm actually glad you used the extra time because I think the response to this morning is actually pretty like somber and stark. And I think the Lord's just inviting us into this before, like uh, not for his sake, for our own sake, before and after, like, okay, God, I'm, I'm, I'm receiving your commission into your will, your way, your power. And so if after this weekend or this morning, you're just like, you're stirred for that. And you're like, no, really, I I really do want to step into that story. I want you to come to the front and Rob's going to pray for us as we finish off our weekend. So that's the first response. Hold on just a second. 
the first response is you, you are like, you're sensing that God is inviting you. I mean, he's inviting all of us, but when I'm, you're sensing you want to say yes to the commission of God into his kingdom, into his will, his way, his power in your own life. The second thing is that after service, after you go get your kids in about 15 minutes, Rob's going to have another 30 minutes or so, and he's going to share about Revive Scotland, this three-year thing he's doing. We had 55 people go last summer, and as obviously Rob's amazing, but he's a brother of this house, and and I'm, I'm some of you are like stirred up right now, and this is your first step to Revive Scotland next year. Like, we are sending people next year. The trip is happening, and you need to come hear about it. Bring your kids back in. Um, some of you might just be like, I just want to hear more stories, and that's awesome. But some of you right now, I just want to, I want you to hear me say, it's not just your crazy idea, like, oh my gosh, maybe I would go. It's like, no, that is the Lord, and you need to come, and you need to hear what he has to say so that you can start getting information, because it's it's happening and you're probably going, frankly. <laughs> so that'll be, that, that'll be the extended response time <laughs> in about 15 minutes for this morning. But for all of us, if you're like, I, I, I want to say yes to the commission of God, I want you to come to the front so we can pray for you. thank you that our story is your story and your story is our story and we all share in these stories together what a beautiful thing that the body of Christ can come before you and say Lord here I am here I am Lord I'm surrendered to your way your will and your power the Lord's prayer let your kingdom come let your will be done actually it says the, 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 the way that it's actually interpreted is come your kingdom be done your will a prophetic declaration and I prophesy that over you today in Jesus name come your kingdom be done your will in Jesus name so right now Lord across this space I pray that you would blow Holy Spirit blow across this place today Lord you know what each of us need you know what each of us need, Holy Spirit. So, Lord, I just pray that blowing right now. Genesis 2, 7. The Lord formed him and then he blew the breath of God into the man's lungs and the man became a living being. The Lord says, you're alive today. You're alive today. Lord, I pray that our hearts would be broken for the lost. I pray that, that on our hearts it would be imprinted. Give us this nation or we die. Whatever that nation that you're calling us to go to, whatever that place is, Lord, break our hearts for the lost today in Jesus' name. Right now, lay your hand in your heart and say, Lord, break my heart for the lost. Let that be your cry today in Jesus' name. Lift your voice and just say, Lord, break my heart for the lost. Break my heart for the lost today in Jesus' name. Come your kingdom. Be done your will in Jesus' name. So Holy Spirit, we surrender to you. We surrender this weekend to you. We surrendered it at the start of the week. We surrender it right now. We thank you, Lord, that you've met us. We thank you, Holy Spirit, and in this moment, that you're empowering us, that this is a moment, a catalyst moment. I just see the Lord. You're in like a slingshot, and the Lord is just pulling you back, pulling you back. You've been feeling like you've been pulled back, and the Lord's just about to let go. And you're going to go flying into the calling that He's got on your life. I just release that fresh joy and excitement for what God has got for you and your life in these days. Lord, I want to thank you for these people's stories that we're going to be sharing in this church, and that it's going to be known throughout the nations in Jesus' name. Amen.